What's up, guys? Welcome to Instagram Marketing Secret, episode 108. Today, we got an awesome episode. I'm going to be talking about macroscopic entrepreneur trends that you need to pay attention to. So if you've ever felt like you're always just behind the curve of you're starting a YouTube channel when it's saturated, you're getting on Instagram finally, but there's a lot of people on there. You're just kind of a little late to the boat. Not that you can't start a new one now, but it's just is a little bit difficult when you're behind the mark. You can start in a, an Amazon FBA business, uh, which you, you can still do, but if you started one 10 years ago, you could be the worst marketer ever and still be a millionaire by now. You know, you bought Bitcoin late, all of these kind of things. If you feel like you, these keep happening to you, it's probably because you're paying a little bit too much attention to your micro game and not enough attention to your macro game. This is actually something Gary Vaynerchuk talks about a lot, um, and it's something that's become more and more obvious to me um, over time on how how important this is to do. So I'm going to bring this to light to you guys. Uh, So going to be an awesome episode for you guys today. And other great news, I um, no longer am working with Anchor and Spotify for the ads as if you guys had never heard of Spotify before I uh, started advertising them. And of course, Anchor, that's who I do the podcast through. But um, you guys have had enough of those ads. I'm sure I've had enough of them being on the podcast. So last podcast, I opened it up to some of you listeners. Um, if you have a business that you want to advertise on the show, you could reach out to me. And I got in touch with a few people. And I am absolutely thrilled about today's first sponsor of the episode because they are someone that I am actually working with to help my Instagram account out. So um, basically, guys, this is an account called IG. IG story strategy um, on Instagram, just IG story strategy. And what this company does is, uh, you know, when you go onto the stickers feature on your story and you're looking for the poll feature, you're looking looking at the quiz feature, seeing all those gifts, they make gifts of you and of your company and put them there for the public to use. So I personally am getting gifts created for me right now. I cannot wait till I am an actual gift. And if you guys have some ideas of what I should do, please DM me. You know, I'm thinking of some dance moves and maybe I'll do like a swipe up one. Uh, maybe, Maybe you guys have seen like Gary Vaynerchuk, a ton of NFL players, soccer players, influencers, um, you know, Tony Robbins probably has a bunch of these too, um, of just, you can create little gifts of you doing like the swipe up or stop or check this story out. Or if you want to do some crazy dance move or some little gift that your followers can then use, um, it's just so awesome. It's really a branding move. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of coaches out there who love this idea as much as I do, but it's so funny because the week before I teamed up with him, um, I was looking to get this service done and then I found him and he's like, I I've got something to offer you and I've got something for your podcast. And I'm like, I will take you up on both. So guys, if you are interested in getting gifts made of yourself, or you, you can get them made around your company logo, some kind of company expression. You know, for me, maybe I would do one that's like an Instagram marketing masters one for my Facebook group and people could put it on there. Maybe I could do a cool one with my logo that if, hey, anyone's got a cool Instagram tip, make sure you, uh, you, you know, use my logo with it and tag me and I'll feature it for you. Something like that. You gotta be really creative but the sky is the limit of what you can do. And the other thing that his company can do 
is uh, create you a filter for story uh, or reels. So when you guys go down to the filters, um, like let's say you go to reels and you go to the filters, there's some of them that are made by Instagram, but then there's hundreds and thousands made by users. And uh, whenever someone uses your filter, it says which account made it and where it came from. So if you got something cool going on in your group, you know, really I should have more branding come to think of it. You know, I should, you guys should have a name. My podcast listeners out there should have a name. I should have some kind of cool thing for you guys to cling on to, um, you know, that I could create a filter for. The sky is the limit, but if you want a custom filter made for your company or you want custom gifts, be sure to send a DM to IG Story Strategy. Let him know that you came from the podcast and you get 10% off your first order. So act quick on that because he's going to get a lot of business after um, this podcast. I know a ton of people who are going to really want to take him up on this, um, including myself. And uh, hopefully the next time you hear about it, I will be able to tell you where you can go and check out the gifts that I had made for me. So again, that is IG Story Strategy. Just shoot him a DM if you want to see what his rates are. Otherwise, just go check out the account and you can see some of the work that he's done just in case you don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, that concludes that for this episode, guys. Let's get into it. Okay, so like I said, this episode is about encouraging you guys to start paying attention to the macroscopic trends, not just in your industry, but of the world. This is very important. If you plan on being an entrepreneur more than a couple years, you have to have a strong focus at doing so. Um, to give you an example, let's say that a couple of years ago, you heard about the opportunity of drop shipping products. This is where you can go onto Alibaba or AliExpress. You can find these cheap things that are sold in China that tons of people are buying. They've got great reviews. You can see all these sales and you can see that no one is even selling the product on Amazon. So what do you do? You you instantly set it up, you get the product selling on Amazon, you get some ads going, and you start getting sales, and it's going great. And six months into it, you realize that you have about five more direct competitors who have bought the same exact thing from as you from the same exact supplier and are selling it on Amazon with a nearly identical listing. And what happens is your sales just start to go down because they price cut you. They go a couple bucks under what you were doing. And this business that was going so well, all of a sudden, because you weren't paying attention to the macroscopic trend of, well, a lot of people are getting into drop shipping right now. And if I start putting up some serious numbers on Amazon, there are plenty of tools that track the sales of what people do on Amazon, that for someone to just see what you're selling and then go find the supplier and offer the exact same thing, especially in a drop shipping manner, is going to take them a matter of a few hours before you have a direct competitor selling the exact same thing as you. So if you're not paying attention to that, if you're not thinking of, okay, how could my company stop working or how could sales go down? then you're not going to be able to react to these things. You're not going to be able to um, take care of them in advance. You are going to be on the opposite end of things where you are going to be affected by them. And a lot of times it's going to be too late to, to truly effectively handle this situation. Let's look at 
uh, major industries that have done this wrong. Let's think of... Um, hey, you. Yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? Then you need to come check out the Life, Money, and More podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor, Sage Weiss. This isn't your average finance show. We dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The Life, Money, and More podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the Life, Money, and More podcast. Taxi services. The largest taxi company in the world actually owns zero taxis because that company is Uber. And Uber utilizes all of these people that have a car and have extra time and they they love the idea of a side hustle. Now, these taxi companies that have been in business for, you know, what, at least like 40, 50 years, a lot of them, especially the ones that own most of the taxis in New York, why didn't they see this coming? It's because they weren't playing the macroscopic game. They were playing the microscopic game. Oh, we need to buy some new taxis. We, we had a we another driver crashed one. Let's go ahead and get that insurance worked out. You know, I think we need to start charging a little bit higher rate. Um, we're going to charge more on snow days. They were playing their microscopic game. And when I say microscopic game, I basically just mean you're, you're looking at everything that happens within your company. And you're just making moves based off of what is right in front of you. And uh, this is where the majority of your focus should be spent. But it's kind of like if you were going on a hike and you're just always looking down at your feet, but never taking a glance at the map. Like you were kind of lost, things weren't working, so all you did was pay attention to the little boulder that's in front of you and how you were going to step over that rather than, are we even going the right way? Is there an elevator being built to the top of this mountain right next to me. <laughs> you know, obviously in a hiking analogy, you probably wouldn't want to take the elevator, but you get what I'm saying. If the goal is just to get to the top and all of a sudden there's this path that was created that's quicker or there's things in the market that show you that your path is no longer viable while using former strategies. Like it's not to say that, oh, Amazon, like exactly like Amazon FBA still works. But how do you do Amazon FBA nowadays? Well, it's very difficult to go onto Alibaba, buy a product, and put it on Amazon and do nothing to it. What the next phase is, is private labeling, where now you have to put your logo on it and maybe change the color and change the box and make your listing look nicer and take your own pictures so that you don't look like everyone else. That's like the one next step. And even now, at this point, there's a lot of people doing private labeling, which is, you know, basically doing one-off products, as they say, where you take a product from its base form in China, you upgrade it in some way, even if it's just to the packaging, and then you put it on Amazon, and that's how you protect yourself from a new seller being able to come on and instantly offer what you have. But then it's still such a big trend that there's a lot of people that may still do that. So what's the next part? Well, now you have to 
have like two or three off products. You got to make it significantly better. You got to have a much better offer. Maybe you have to use your buying power to buy a ton of it to make sure that you can keep to being the lowest price. And then you know that, all right, it would take someone like a $10,000 investment in order to get the the amount of inventory we get to get the margins we get to offer the price that we do. So that's how you can protect yourself. Okay, Th- these are just thoughts to have that if you're not thinking of the macroscopic game of how would I get taken over, then you're going to get taken over because the data is available online. When you start selling products, someone will take notice. So you need to be thinking a couple steps ahead. So what can you do? Well, one of the things that you can do is make sure you're always following your competitors and they don't even have to be direct competitors. For instance, I sell courses through webinars. So my direct competitors would be people um, that sell Instagram courses through webinars just like me. Do I watch them? Absolutely. Do I take diligent notes to it? Definitely. And I'm writing down not just what they're saying so I can copy it and because I'm not going to. I'm writing down the sales psychology that they are handling because I'm just assuming if they're selling a lot, then they obviously are catering to their sales psychology correctly. So I might look for things like them saying, hey, don't worry if the algorithm changes. Uh, We can always keep up with it. And I'll be like, oh, that's probably a good line. That's something I didn't think of. I need to let the people know on my webinars know how we combat algorithm changes because obviously if that's in their webinar and they're selling a lot, that's probably an objection people have that they're handling. I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak that into my webinar, right? Um, in my own way of handling that objection. That would be something that if you're not paying attention to even what your direct competitors are doing, you're just making it so much harder on yourself. And make sure if you're gonna, you know, mimic your competitors in any way that you're doing it with people that have results. Um, Otherwise, there's a small chance that you're actually going to copy something that you should be or modeling, I should say. Um, And when I also say follow a competitor, um, I don't mean just direct. So I watch a lot of webinars, regardless of if they're selling an Instagram course or not. I watched one last week from one of the top people in the industry, and it was extremely good. And I got halfway through the webinar, and I actually didn't finish it. And then two days later, I got a phone call from someone on their team to ask me how I liked the webinar. And then they said, then they set up another call with me and they sent me a free training. And I'm like, wow, like that was, that was crazy. Like I had no idea that people were even doing that nowadays. And that's the thing, like the top people in the industry are usually the ones paving the way um, for these new innovations because they've been in the game so long that when they innovate, they usually do it correctly. And it's really hard to innovate correctly when you're newer until you've gotten results um, by you know following some kind of format. So when I when I, the, all that happened, I, you know, I didn't finish the webinar. Did I get some legendary, amazing notes out of it? No, but I got some, there was actually a couple things that they said that I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast. And I'm, and that was great for me to hear just because I was like, okay, cool. Like other people are talking about that. This actually must be important. Like I'm glad to, even if I hear just someone else talking about something that I want to talk about, then it it helps me to confirm that I'm on the right track. That was valuable. But when I got a phone call and then I was like, okay, I I have no idea what they're going to go for at the end of this call. Like 
are they going to try to sell me whatever course was at the end that I didn't even get to? Or what are they going to do? And basically, he went into my situation. He gave me a couple suggestions. He recommended someone that I talked to on their team. I said, why not? I scheduled an appointment with them uh, for tomorrow. Um, and um, and they gave me like a free mini course. And now I got to go watch that mini course. And um, now they're sending me emails. And all of it is super relevant to me. Because it doesn't matter that they're not selling exactly what I'm selling. They are still selling to the same people that I'm selling to. And they are still going through an online sales process that the base of the model is similar to mine. But the way that I'm executing it is way different. And it doesn't mean I'm just going to instantly adapt their model. Because one, I don't have like a ton of free mini courses like they do to give out because they've been in the industry for like 10 years or you know at least five or six um they crush it um and uh and i also don't have a whole sales team underneath me so it would be a little bit uh, it would be pretty difficult to just instantly um go over to their model um but it really gets the gears turning and it shows me this is what my competitors uh who are selling courses to the same groups of people as me, what they are doing. So if I put myself in my buyer's shoes, what can I do that I'd still be someone they want to work with just in case they have seen my competitor's webinar and mine? You should do it with respect to that for sure. And this was actually really big back in uh, when I was selling knives at at shows and such, um, very rarely would another knife booth be there because they knew you don't really mess with the knife company that I was with. We've been in business for 70 years. We had worked all the shows for years, had good relationships with the coordinators. Um, the brand had, a, you know, amazing reputation behind it. Very hard for another knife booth to come in. But when they do, what was their approach? Their approach was just bashing our product because they knew everyone at these shows already had our knives. It was ridiculous. And we'd have, and of course, they you know they weren't nearly as good as salesmen because they were a newer company and they didn't have like shit established yet. Um, and our, our customers who were loyal would go hear their sales presentation because they would be like, "Other knives? What is this?" And they'd go check them out. And then they'd come over to the booth and we'd extract all the information from them. Like, what did they say about us? And they're like, "Oh, they said your edge is stupid because of this. They said this is um, bad because of this." They they had us cut a tomato and they said, watch out for companies that don't have you cut a tomato because um, we don't, you know, like they, they knew our approach because we had been the giants in the industry and still are, um, but they knew our approach um, and then they crafted one off of ours. And unless we got the info about, well, what are they saying about us? We didn't have the, uh, we weren't ready to properly handle um, these situations, right? Like otherwise customers would come up, they'd say, well, this, they said this about you. And we'd be like, what? Like, no, you know, like we would be defensive because we wouldn't have our proper wording and strategy down um, to handle this. And then it got to the point where we knew what they were saying about us and we would just handle all of that just naturally in our demonstration. And then they would say, well, what about this other knife company? And we'd be like, well, what, what's their name? And they're like, oh, it's this name. They, they had a lot to say about you guys. And we'd be like, we've never heard of them. <laughs> we just left that at that because that, that's the proper way to bash your competitors. You don't even mention their name. You're like, I don't even know who they are. 
you just secretly handle everything in your approach. So we'd handle everything in our approach. Then they'd be like, well, what do you guys think about these knives? We'd be like, oh, never heard of them. You know, they're probably just some fly-by-night company that's coming and going. There's always new people trying to come and sell stuff, and then they're usually gone the next year. But we've been working here for 13 years, and we'll be here next year for you. You know, it wasn't hard for us because we truly were the dominant product, um, but we would have been able to get overthrown or at least lose a chunk of sales. And we don't even want to be down 10%, 20%, 30%. We want to be up every year, right? We don't want that uh, them to get a chunk of our sales and it was reliant on us playing the macroscopic game and knowing what our competitors were doing so start following your competitors subscribe to their email lists um and actually pay attention to it and pay very close attention to everything you buy regardless of what it is even if it's like something at a drive-through um be very be very, very, very in tune with why you are buying stuff, and that will give you the biggest advantage in marketing. The next thing that you should do is start watching stocks of companies, even if you don't plan to buy them. Uh, for instance, today, I, I was watching something like from The Motley Fool, which is a company that always tries to predict trends and such, and uh, they were talking about you know e-commerce and and uh, all the in-person stores getting closed down and like, you know, that not crazy, like the stuff that we've known about. Um, and they were talking about like, there's a stock that you need to watch for that's not Amazon. And I didn't like get to the end of the video, um, but I was like, oh, you know, I bet it's Shopify. So I went over to check Shopify stock and like Shopify stock is like nearly a, a thousand um, for, for one stock. And two years ago, it was like 270. And it's like two years ago, uh, or it was more like two and a half or three years ago, I was getting into e-commerce for the first time. And I was just looking at, ooh, e-commerce is good. So let me buy e-commerce products and sell them rather than also looking at, well, what what else does that mean? That means that Shopify is about to explode. Like how easy would that have been to predict and forexed my money by investing in stocks in Shopify, like you don't have to be like an avid stock trader, like w the people who are swing trading, like trading, um, you know, by the week or day trading and, you know, buying and selling within the same day, you really have to know what you're doing to do that well. But if you're just someone that plays the long term, and you're just like, yeah, it looks like, you know, vegans are making a rise, there's more vegans every single year, I should probably buy into a company um, like, Oh man, I can't remember what they're called. Um, the, the company that makes like all of the veggie patties at the grocery stores, I should probably buy some stock in them, right? Like the, those market trends are not hard to spot, but a lot of times we don't know what to do with them or we just don't really have much faith in it for some reason to put some skin in the game. And then that's why you have all these people that like in 2018 are like, dang it, why didn't I buy Bitcoin? Like I could have been a millionaire if I bought $1,000 worth of Bitcoin a year ago. You know, it would have been like the easiest million ever made and I heard about it, but I just didn't know and it didn't really make sense to me. And when you hear a macroscopic trend coming up, it's so easy for people to be like, ah, oh, it's probably just a fluke. And, and a lot of them are, probably most of them are. So like I get it, it's so hard to actually know what's going to play out. Like hindsight is always twenty twenty with these macroscopic trends. Um, but at the same time, when you hear about them, just don't blow them off so so easily. 
and actually think, okay, how does this relate to my business? What does this mean? Like even outside of my business, because maybe it just means there's a certain stock that you might want to consider buying. What does this mean apart from just, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe all the the in-person stores are getting shut down. Oh, they shut down that mall? That's crazy. Crazy times we're living in. Oh, well, all right, well, let's turn on the game, the football games tonight. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. I am going to turn on the football game tonight, by the way. But, uh, um, you know, pay attention to stuff like that. Like, don't just let it pass by you and you not comprehend it because this is how your business can get overthrown by competitors. This is how you can miss the easy ways or the easier ways to make money in entrepreneurship because if you're going to be in it, an entrepreneur for 10, 20 years, you really should start paying attention to macroscopic game now. Um, The last thing I'm going to talk about, guys, uh, so the first tip was, you know, follow your competitors, even the non-direct ones. The second one is watch stocks even if you don't plan to buy them um, and just look for trends emerging in that industry because they are very telling of everything that's going on because it's not even, the cool thing with stocks is they go up when the news about the company is positive. They go, that's when they go up more so than, oh, good, good quarter four report. We got a lot of profit. That is not as much when the stocks go up. That is like when the company pays dividends and how you can uh, see that you have security with that company and it's probably not going to go down. But it goes up when like Elon Musk announces new flamethrower. Like that's when it's like it's going up, right? When when the things get announced. So when you watch it, if a stock goes up, it means that the news is positive in that industry, not necessarily that the trend has happened yet. So that's why I'm kind of saying watch the stocks because they're usually indicative of the money's about to go there, not that the money is necessarily uh, you know, at, at the max level that it is right then. So it's telling of trends. Um, and then the third thing is in your business, when's the last time you actually did the math about how much money your business could actually make. Um, a lot of people are really looking at, oh, look, we could buy this product for $3 and we can sell it for 16 bucks, which is not you making $13 because you have to ship that product to you and then you have to warehouse and uh, pay for storage. Then you have to pay the shipping fees and you have to pay the, the cost to acquire a customer, which is by far the biggest cost um, or typically going to be the biggest cost or the, the most difficult. And the, the one that you really need to pay attention to is just cost to acquire a customer because the one you're like, all right, then shipping's a buck. And then this is uh, 75 cents for the transaction fee. So yeah, we make $4. You make $4 minus the marketing expenses to sell the product. So either you sell it organically and make four bucks, or if you spend $7 on advertising to sell one, you lose $3. And there's a lot of people that I get on calls with that have never really done the math 
in their business. And I think that it's because they're kind of scared of what it's going to show them. So really get in line with like, what am I actually trying to do here? What's the macroscopic goal of my company for my life? I am trying to spend more time with my family. I want I, I don't mind working a lot. If I work 60 hours a week, that's cool. I just want to be flexible when I do have important things. Um, but we need to make at least $10,000 profit a month to, to live life comfortably. Okay, cool. Now do the math back and see if the business you're pursuing it, it can actually give you what you want. Um, for instance, uh, Amazon, and guys, I'm going to get really mad at Amazon on this episode because I've been paying very close attention to everything Jeff Bezos has been doing for the last couple of years. And um, there's probably no man that has helped the small business opportunity in like 20, 2005 to 2015 or so. Um, I don't think there's going to be any person on the face of the earth that hurts the small business opportunity more than Jeff in the next five, 10 years here um, based off of the moves that he's making. Um, for instance, a major one recently is just the, uh, he basically, the affiliate marketing on Amazon, okay, where you put a link to buy a product on Amazon. I used to get paid 8% on the pet supplies category that I was doing affiliate marketing in. And just when my blog was starting to like get traction and actually start making us a couple hundred a month from the affiliate marketing, he switched the rate from 8% to 3%. And for me at the time, it basically changed my income from $150 a month to $50 a month from that stream of income, which is still shitty. But it just got me thinking like he literally just took someone's business that was making $150,000 a year that is now going to make $50,000 a year for doing the same amount of work and giving him the same amount of sales. Amazon likes to just all of a sudden increase their fees. They like to all of a sudden buy, their, make it an entire company just to compete with the top selling products on their website. I, like if you type in K-Cups, like I will never buy these freaking K-Cups because like I, I am so against supporting this kind of shit. What should be the cheapest? Like Folgers is always the cheapest, okay? It's like 33 bucks for like 100 K-Cups from Folgers. Or no, it's like 33 bucks for like 75 um, or like 72 K-Cups. And then there's this new company. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's it's an Amazon company um, that they started within the last year or so. And they have for 20 bucks, you can get 100 K cups. So it was like 20 bucks for a hundred or 33 bucks for 72 of the Keurig ones. Why can Amazon do that? One, they have so much money that they can instantly just build a company with all the infrastructure they need and all the customer service and literally every single part of the production, the mass buying tons of coffee beans to make this happen so they can get their rates super low. And then on top of that, Everyone else is paying a 15% referral fee to be on Amazon and paying a reduced cost of shipping at least, but Amazon is not paying themselves a 15% fee, so that part's gone. And then also, they're just going to get ridiculously cheap shipping because they own all of their own vans. So that's why they can come in and just take these major markets of these top-selling products, build a company in a couple months, 
because they have like so many people working on it and just so much like an unlimited amount of money to make it happen and then just create these products that have like super small margins and everyone else that's on their website has a 15% referral fee and additional fees on top of that to compete with and they have to pay Amazon PPC that's the main thing but Amazon doesn't have to pay PPC to be its on on its own website so it has allowed all of these companies, an amazing business opportunity to, to come on to Amazon and has created the biggest e-commerce empire out of Am- like out of Amazon. And they're building more warehouses all the time. And now they're pretty much one day shipping everything. And it was two day shipping a year ago. And it was like two day shipping has been around, I don't know, probably like five years now, which was a humongous blow to the retail industry. Um, that's the industry that he pretty much overthrew, but he created so much opportunity in the e-commerce space. And now what's happening with him? All right, you know what? Screw you affiliate marketers. You, you totally had a business. You, you had a, there's probably so many people that had a sustainable lifestyle making like 150 K and now all of a sudden 50 K just, just changing the rates of you're not paid it higher anymore. And it's like, do you realize how many lives you just messed up um, just to just protect your margins of your already thriving company. And now they're just buying, you know, things like K-Cups, but like Amazon Basics has been around forever. Like you can buy batteries. If you want to go buy batteries on Amazon, you're going to see Duracell and you're going to see Energizer. And that's usually where the competition stops in stores. But then you're going to see the Amazon Basics batteries and they're going to be cheaper and they're going to work the same because they have enough infrastructure to just start a battery company instantly okay and just throw their logo on it and just undercut everyone so they're just undercutting like a lot of giants and that's why not a lot of people are like well yeah that's duracell they're fine but still like (laughs) i mean batteries are already on their way out anyways like but they're doing so much stuff to undercut big companies and undercut the little companies and if that referral fee changes from 15% to even like 15.5, oh my God, get the hell off Amazon, okay? Everything that any, if your business is reliant on Amazon right now, it is going to be swept underneath your feet. Very, very high chance, okay? Um, now, the reason why I'm still talking about do the math with like, you know, this 3% thing now. Um, like the, I have some students that I talked to that I've been very gun ho about starting affiliate marketing because that's something that I've even promoted in the past. And, and there still is plenty of affiliate marketing opportunities like using ClickBank. I would more look the ClickBank route. Um, uh, those are really the people that are making a lot of money, not the people that are affiliate marketing, small products on Amazon. Um, but, um, let's, let's say that you want to make $5,000 a month through a blog. And you're like, oh, affiliate marketing, I heard it's a good idea. If you haven't done the math yet, let's say you want to make $5,000 at a 3% payout. That means that you have to have $150,000 worth of sales go through your website every month. Do you know how many freaking orders $150,000 is? Like you're either selling a $1,000 product 150 times which is extremely hard, or you're selling uh, a $100 product 1,500 times per month to make $5,000. It's like no money for the amount of work you're doing. So have you done the actual math with the business opportunity you're pursuing 
and what your actual lifestyle and income goals are. Because otherwise, you're just going to be in this hamster wheel. And then you're going to be like, why am I even running on this thing when I could have just looked over here and look at this this market trend? I could just have created um, some kind of personal consulting thing and charged $2,000 and, and closed two clients and made the same amount of money, right? Like things like that. Um, so just to spot like one more macroscopic trend that I'm seeing um, it, that's like a good thing. Like I'm saying stay away from anything Amazon related right now. Um, oh yeah, one more thing that I'll say on that is like, you know, you don't get your email. When someone buys from your Amazon store, you don't get their email. Amazon gets that email though. Like Amazon is literally, you are giving them customers. And I still sell on FBA and I've never gone higher sales um, from my own website than I have on Amazon with certain products that are more, um, more products that people just like, oh, you know what? I need one of these, right? Like those are the perfect products to have on Amazon. It's better to sell things that people don't even know about. They're like, I had no idea I even wanted that. That's better to sell on social media. If it's something like a water bottle, it should be on Amazon. Somewhere where we're like, eh, I, I'm going to buy a water bottle. I'll start on Amazon, then look from there. That's more where those kind of products belong. So I'm still going to keep them on there. Um, but I'm also not relying on that source of income to be there in a couple years. And if you rely on it, then that's when you're going to all of a sudden just have your business swept out from under your feet. You need to look at, okay, it's still working now. Keep it there. But I need to make moves as if I'm not going to have this in a couple years. Um, so the thing that they're doing is like they, they get all these emails, right? We're driving all of this traffic to buy our stuff off their Amazon store, then they get a percentage of it, then they get the email, then they are going to remarket to those people and make sure that the your orders stay on Amazon. You're not allowed to put your website link on your uh, Amazon listing. You're not allowed to put an email um, in, in most locations on there either. Um, so they're really trying to get like, you can't be like, oh, it's cheaper on our website, but that is something I do. I always keep my product cheaper on my website than on Amazon. So that if anyone is looking at it, at it on Amazon, they're like, yeah, I'm going to cost compare. And I want them to be able to find it cheaper on my website because I want them to buy it from me. Even though they're buying it cheaper, I don't have the 15% referral fee. So I'll probably make more money. And then I get their email. So I actually own the customer. Um, so realize that Amazon is in a position where they almost have every person's email in, in America at this point, right? Like so many, like I, I would probably guess more than like half of the world, they have their email. Um, so they have so much power and every move they are making, such as like buying Whole Foods and now we're a grocery store too. And oh, we're gonna um, start Amazon Web Services we're gonna like if they started their own social media i wouldn't be surprised they started amazon prime video to be like oh netflix that's a good business we'll start amazon prime video they're literally just becoming the everything store which is like the intention of the entire thing the everything store but it doesn't just mean every product it means you can literally we want every freaking sale in the world to come through us and they are doing that more and more and it really is going to affect the small business opportunity in more bad ways than good is really my prediction. So um, act accordingly. The last thing, though, uh, a market trend that I would like to just point out to you guys that is probably going to – it's a great business opportunity for those of you who are skilled but you don't really know what to do. Um, there's a lot of um, online course creators, right? Like in the, in the last couple of years – 
online education has really gotten popular. And part of that is because the cost of college has gotten so ridiculous. And because of that, it has made people want to be entrepreneurs more, right? There certainly has been a big wave of entrepreneurship being more and more popular over the last 10 years. So what does that mean? That means that a, a lot of people are trying to be entrepreneurs and they're like, okay, what business should I start? And a lot of them, um, a very popular business is online course creation. So what happens is, is then there's a lot of course creators and a lot of the courses are, here is video content that will teach you how to do it. Um, but a lot of the really established business owners out there, they aren't wanting to pay they, they don't want to pay for information. They want to pay someone to do it for them because they value their time more than the time it would take for them to learn something and then execute on it. They would rather just pay someone who's already good at it and they don't have to learn it at all to just come in and do it for them. So DFY is a great industry to be in right now, which is done for you services. So, so like, for instance, there's a lot of courses out there that or pretty much every single course you could buy out there, even if it doesn't relate to your own business. If you can buy a course and then learn it really well, and then execute it, maybe you execute it for some business for free, just to be like, hey, I'll do this for free for you. I just want the testimonial at the end once I crush it with it. And then you get that under your belt. And then now all of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, I sell a certain DFY um, service to people where uh, I'm going to pitch it the same way as the the webinar that I bought the course from. Um, so, so for instance, let me use my own course as an example. My social launch formula course is how to run an exact giveaway on Instagram to blow up your following and your sales numbers within a month. If someone didn't have a business that would apply to the, the course being relevant to them, the other option they could do is buy the course, get good at it, apply it in a couple different industries and get some results at it. And then they can basically just mimic my sales process and the words that I have to say and stuff like that to get conversions, but find big companies and then say, we'll run the whole thing for you for like 30 grand, right? And you just come in and you just try to do done for you services for big companies that can afford it. All right, like this would be a really good industry to get in. I know it seems difficult because you're like, damn, I have to be really good though to sell these big companies. Um, but at the same time, there's only so much competition that when they're like, yeah, you can learn it from this guy or I'll just do it for you and I'm the only guy you know that will just do it for you, you'd be surprised. A lot of those businesses actually will go with you and let you do it. And then all of a sudden you can just basically make a business where you are performing entrepreneur tasks for other entrepreneurs so that you're you're an intrapreneur, right? You're just closing other entrepreneurs on doing a portion of their business. Learn Amazon PPC, start closing a DFY service for you to do PPC. And honestly, guys, this is probably a much better way to start being an entrepreneur than to just start a business, to just go work for some other entrepreneur take over a portion of their business, get good at it. And then if you do a great job at that, then learn another skill set and take over that. They're like, oh, I need a video editor. You know what? I kind of want to learn video editing. Okay, yeah, I'm going to learn video editing. I'll let you know. I'll come back and then I'll be your video editor. And then get really good at it because like, it's not that hard. Like, I mean, video editing, like, Are you interested in small businesses? 
My name is David C. Barnett, and I've been podcasting and producing YouTube videos about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses for almost 10 years. I'm a former business broker and have owned and operated several businesses, and I've been advising business owners since the 1990s. Each week, I create a new podcast which answers one of your questions, and I've always got amazing, exciting guests. You can find me on YouTube by going to smallbusinessanddealmakingpodcast.com or just search David Barnett's Small Business in any podcasting app to find me. I look forward to seeing you around. Every industry, you could learn for years and years and years and years and never be perfect at it. But a lot of people just need a, a, a simple video editor. You could go out um, and like buy a course on video editing, which like full-time filmmaker is one of the best, um, you know, the best known. And I just love Parker Walbeck. Um, he's a great entrepreneur. You know, speaking of just entre- like, you should know stuff like this. Okay. Like I can tell you so many entrepreneurs that I'm like, I really like what they do. I really like what they do. And I'm not even like, I'm not even buying his information because I'm not trying to be a film creator, but the way he sells his courses is so good that I have to follow him. I have to know what he's doing. Okay. Things like this, you have to be aware of. Um, So let's say that you would be like, I'm going to go acquire that skill set and then I'm going to go sell that skill set done for you service. Because if I, if my course was, so basically what the offer is right now, I'm just going to say it. So like, so one, you guys know about it because I've never even said what the offer is on the podcast. Um, it is going to change like the price. I'm just going to tell you what the offer is. Um, and then I'm not going to say the price, <laughs> um, but uh, maybe I will. Um, but then I'm going to show you a done for you version of it. So if I sold a course that was only just a video course on how to do a giveaway, I, I that's going to be a low price point. The cool thing is I don't have to invest any time, right? I don't have to like do anything for you. I just give you the courses and it's done, but you can't sell it as high. The next low, the level of service would be done with you. And that's what my course is, which is you get the video course. Then you also get a one-on-one call with me before you're ready to launch your giveaway, where I look over everything for you before you launch it. And I write your email, then I give you email templates, and I give you um, opt-in page templates, okay, which is a done with you service, which means that I can charge a little bit higher, um, but it's also, I can't sell as many of them, because since there's a one-on-one call part of it, um, you know, it makes it so I can't sell as many, um, which is okay, because I'd still rather, you know, do this, because those one-on-one calls, for those of you that are in Social Launch Formula, you know that that is really like probably the best part of the entire course is when I just go over everything with you and stay on the phone with you, usually about two hours to make sure that everything looks perfect um, before you spend a dollar on advertising your giveaway. Like that's part of my offer. And that's just something that's not part of a lot of our offers out there because a lot of people buy courses and then they don't execute them correctly. And it's because sometimes you need a little bit more help than just the video material. So that's my done with you offer that I created there. My done for you offer would be that someone would pay me, hey, we want to run a giveaway. I don't want to learn it. I don't want to do anything. You come just do it for my company. How much would I have to charge then? Then I'd have to charge multiple thousands of dollars, right? Um, Because even if I could, um, you know, do it efficiently, and I could do it in a week, 
it would still take up an entire week of my life. Like it would put everything else on pause. Like I'd have to charge at least like $5,000 probably. Um, and the only company that's going to pay $5,000 would be like a big company. So like I couldn't even sell it to people that wanted to be cheap with it because it's not going to be profitable for you because that's just how much it would cost for me to like, you know, spend that much time working on that. And that's just the number I made up. I don't even know exactly what I would charge, but my done for you service would be, I'll just run the giveaway for you. And that right there is what high quality businesses want. Okay. Like, can you imagine like uh, Tim Cook watching my webinar and being like, Ooh, Apple should do a giveaway. I'm going to, I'm going to buy this course, me, Tim Cook, I'm going to buy the course and I'm going to learn this. I'm going to execute on it guys. No, they'd be like, how much to hire this guy to do it for us? And then I'd be like, uh, 50,000, <laughs> you know, it'd be like done. I'm like, shit, a million. I mean, um, but like the, you'd have to pursue high quality clients. Only high quality clients want done for you. I mean, everyone wants done for you, but only high quality businesses can actually afford it. So I do think, you know, when you look at just the trend of, oh, online courses are taking off, you can just simply say, I should make online courses. Or you can say, okay, if online courses are taking off and I know that, that means a lot of people know that, which means a lot of people are going to get into it, which means that people are going to be seeing a shitload of ads to buy courses. So what is the other end of this transaction? Well, there's a bunch of these people like um, Catherine Jones, another amazing entrepreneur to follow. She teaches design hacking um, to ClickFunnels people. So like how to design a beautiful ClickFunnels website. And when I watched her course, I was like, I need this because I need my funnels. Uh, when I watched her webinar, um, I was like, I need this skill because my I want my funnels to look better. However, I don't have time to learn this skill amongst all of the other skills I need to learn and execute. So then what do I do? Then I look at, all right, who's bought her course that I can hire, right? And there, there's so many people that have bought Catherine's course that simply because they bought her course, they have a job. Because they're like, that's the course that I wanted to buy, but I don't have time to go through it. So you bought it and you went through it. Cool. Now I'll let you execute it on my business and I'm going to pay for you to do it. That would be the next part of this trend is as I see it, guys, as far as people wanting to buy marketing information, there's going to be a bunch of people who are sold on an idea, but don't have the time to do it. So if you can get really good, at a, at a skill, even if it's random, even if you, oh yeah, I'm really good at running Instagram giveaways for companies. They just hire me and I come in and do it. Great. I get, I'm really good at designing, um, uh, you know, checkout pages. It can be that specific. Like it doesn't have to be like, I'm good at WordPress websites. Like that's a big pool to play in. Like you can just be a very niche skill. Like I'm good at maximizing the conversion process on your cart and checkout page. So companies can hire me for 500 bucks to go in there and do this and this and this. Oh, well, why would someone want to pay you 500 bucks? Well, they would have to be a big company for it to be worth it to them. Or they'd have to be someone that if I can get them a 2% better conversion rate that they'll easily be able to pay for me. So know that in the DFY industry, you are having to find the actual businesses that are doing well. Um, But these businesses have money. And if you can show them something they want, they will give it to you no problem. So it's really not even that difficult of sales. Um, the, The biggest issue you'll run into is getting in your own way and thinking that you're not quality enough to sell it to them. But all you have to do um, is be in the top 1% of something. And, and that sounds super hard, but 
Um, th- this is the last concept I'm going to talk about on this podcast because it, it is a big one and I wasn't planning on bringing it up. But um, think about this, guys. Like when I was playing the macroscopic game the other day, I was watching basketball. What percentage of basketball players actually make good money or any money at all? Like way less than 1% of them, right? What percent of, of e-commerce people make money? Way less than 1% of them. And that's because I'm including everyone that you know, started their business and worked on it for a month. And basically they invited all their friends and family to like their Facebook page. And then they stopped doing the business. I'm including them because I should include them. Less than 1% of people in nearly every industry are doing well. So think about what industry am I willing to be in the top 1% of? And it's not hard. Like if you want to be in the top 1% of people knowledgeable about wine, if you read two books about wine and then bought 15 bottles and then bought a course on how to do wine tasting and then got drunk as hell, no, but you you know, you know you drink a sip of each one and you spit it out or whatever the hell and you just do the wine tasting, you're already in the top 1% of people, okay? So you have to know that if you're in the top 1% skill set of anything, you can sell to anyone else without worry about your credibility. If you're in the top 1% skill set, then you're already doing it better than them. So it, it doesn't take that much time to invest in your learning in just one specific category to get in the top 1% of people who do that specific job and then go pursue however big of companies that you want to via Instagram DM and make sure that your Instagram page is a beautiful shining example of your work and then there's your business right there. You don't even need to post um, apart from the fact of just having, um, y- you know, basically a portfolio. Like you, you wouldn't even post to gain followers. You would post as a portfolio for people that you DM to look at, right? Like it changes the the game for you. Um, but how, how many of you actually got that far in the thinking process when you hear, oh, digital courses are doing well? It, it doesn't necessarily mean you should come out with a digital course. It means that you should consider it, but it also means, okay, with that being said, what is going to happen next? What would happen after that? And then you can pursue that next thing. Okay, so the expression goes, I'm going to leave you guys with this. During a gold rush, don't mine for gold, sell shovels. Got it? All right, I'll see you guys next week.